If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. I am so excited to be here today with Rhonda Perks. Rhonda, thank you for being my guest. It's so fun to be here. And I have to say, before we get started, I was at a little Christmas gathering last night and mentioned that I was going to come meet with you this morning and do the podcast. And somebody said, Tammy Tran, she's so beloved. She's oh, really? so beloved. So oh, your reputation so nice. precedes you. And yes, everybody loves Tammy Tran. So well, I am you. thrilled to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for making time. It has been so nice of people over the last year and a half who have been willing to be guests on my podcast. It gives me an opportunity to get to know people better. And I just love sharing people's stories. So. Thank and I you. love to talk. So well, good. We're off to the okay, races. Okay, we want you to talk. So, Rhonda, so much has gone on. Um, just to lay a little bit of foundation for people that maybe don't know you personally that well, they just maybe know you professionally, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so um, I kind of grew up when I was a kid, kind of, you know, all, all over. Um, my father loved airplanes, and uh, his first job out of college was in Minnesota working for Blanca Aircraft. And anyway, his jobs eventually took us, you know, to Idaho and California. But um, he landed in the Salt Lake City area in Bountiful, which is where I spent my most of my teenage years. And he worked up at Hill Air Force Base. Oh, okay. So um, uh, as a civilian. And I always kind of liked, I don't ever remember a time where I didn't kind of like politics, you know, kind of being interested in politics. But when I, I, I did go to Utah State University and I really, really wanted to be a school teacher. So, oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I did graduate in education from Fantastic. Utah State and I taught school for a few years. I taught elementary school for a few years. And then I stayed home and raised a family and but always kind of, you know, I was always kind of watching what was going on um, in local politics. And my mom loved history. And so she had had raised me reading. And I remember her sitting by my bed reading my, you know, American history book to me when oh, I was just awesome. like, I can't study anymore. So I always just kind of liked politics. And when I was in college, uh, I had the opportunity to um, kind of pal around with someone in Chris Stewart's family. I didn't know him at the time, but someone oh, okay. in his family. And we we would get together and talk politics. And uh, so anyway, I was just raising a family, and I had gone back to work part-time at, in Davis County School District in 2011. And I got a call out of the blue one day from Chris Stewart. And he said, hey, um, you know, your name came across my desk. I'm thinking of running for Congress. In fact, I have made the decision to run for Congress, and I'm wondering if you might be willing to volunteer on my campaign. And I said, wow, that's an open seat, because I mm-hmm. knew that that was an open congressional seat, and they had redistricted that year, because, you know, on the on the decade years, they 
redistricted. And I didn't know, um, I just didn't know him. So I said, well, you know, let's, let, let me come and talk to you. And so I went and met with him. So this, again, was in 2011. And I was just so impressed because I went into the interview really wanting a few things, wanting him to say a few things. And everything that I wanted him to say, he said. And I said, yeah, I would love to help you what, on your what campaign. Were you, what were you hoping to hear from him? Okay, so uh, I wanted I wanted someone that understood small business. Okay. Um, my family's livelihood depended on small business. My husband has worked for a small business for years, and so uh, he had he owned a small business at the time. So that was great, and I knew that he had been in the military. That was so important to me. For I sure. just feel like we need so many more good people that know military. Absolutely. And he had been, as you know, an Air Force pilot. And so I loved that he was talking about that. And then the third piece that was really important for me as I looked at the new boundaries for District 2, I really wanted someone that understood the plight of the farmer and rancher. Okay. And I knew that, you know, there's all kinds of federal issues that come into play when we talk about providing food for our nation. And, you know, and at the same time, helping support these families that run farms and, and ranches. Right. It's really important and and really also is a national security issue. You know, we have to be able in the U.S. to provide to provide food for our people. So he had grown up on, you know, ranching and, you know, milking cows. And I just thought that is for me the perfect trifecta. Perfect. Now, I wasn't. Um, I mean, I ended up, you know, working really, really hard on that campaign, but I certainly wasn't the campaign manager or anybody at the top. But it gave me this opportunity to interact with, you know, all of these people that were, you know, running the campaign and and were much smarter than me. And so I just kind of soaked it all in. And then in 20, I helped him again in 2014. And then... um I said, yeah, I think I'd actually like to come on and learn how to do some congressional work. Because uh, I had by that time kind of learned how a congressional office works. Mm -hmm. And uh, he found a, a spot for me. And I was very, very part-time for a long time. And then anyway, worked for him, learned so much over the years about, you know, congressional work. I never went and worked in D.C. I always worked in the district office. And that is one thing I think that a lot of people that don't you know, that don't consider themselves really, you know, into politics, they don't know, and is something really great to know, is that every federal delegation member, so every congressman and every U.S. senator has a district office or a state office, you know, in the state where that they represent. And you can go to that office for help with all kinds of things, things that a lot of people would pay an attorney Oh, really? To do. So, That's good to like, know. Um, passport issues, immigration issues, veterans benefits issues, social security, anything that has a federal pinpoint or a federal nexus to it, you can call and your congressional office has people that that's all they do all day long is help constituents navigate. And they will respond to you, and the office Absolutely. is responsible, responsive and helpful. Okay, and it's all Absolutely. free. Absolutely. Yes, and it's all free. Um. 
yeah, we can't <laughs> can't take money. <laughs> right. So anyway, and then, but I, and you have to be very careful uh, when you are working in a congressional office if you want to help on a campaign because you can never, you know, you're paid with taxpayer dollars. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get rich. Um, but if you, you know, if you want to help on the campaign side, you have to do it on your own time. You can never, you know, you can never be paid, Doing it during obviously. Work hours, with, right. And, yeah. So I, uh, you know, I loved campaign work as well. And in, uh, you know, the last time Congressman Stewart ran in 2020, he uh, asked me, he asked me to run his campaign. And so I managed his campaign and it was great. That incredible. It was amazing. And um, so, so that was really fun. So, yeah. So then he then he resigned and decided he needed to um, spend some time at home helping his wife get healthy. And right. uh, I was very supportive of that decision. Were you surprised? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it yeah. was a big shock and surprised pretty much everyone. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was surprised. I don't know if I was uh, shocked. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't want to... Um, you know, he he can tell that story. I don't, you know, I don't want to talk about anything personal, but right. he he did need, um, I think, to feel like he was able to be home a little more. You know, when you are a, a federal delegation member, you're in Washington, D.C. about 80 percent of the time, maybe a little bit more. And that's hard on families. I've, I've spoken to, to congressmen more about that a lot. And it is. He's got young kids and yeah, he's gone. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was a that was a personal decision and um but yeah, one we, you know, one we just got on board with because right. You know, he had Congressman Stewart had all of the right, you know, north stars that he was following and um, you know, you never want you never want to have somebody right. feel like they can't take care of things at home. So. Oh, for sure. I mean, absolutely the right decision. I'm part of the UADA board. Well, now it's called G forty seven G. Yes, forty seven G. We've rebranded, and um, and he's he's our chairman, which is fantastic. Yeah. And so I'm so excited to be able to see him take his advocacy and his experience and be able to do it, do wonderful things for Utah, yeah, for Utah defense companies. So yeah. it's great. So I'm I'm kind of getting to know him a little bit better. Yeah, and what a fantastic individual, and and it's so neat that you went from volunteer, well, really not even volunteer, just being asked to volunteer. And being someone that was interested in politics to running a congressional campaign, too, too now, right? Yeah. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about what you've been able to do for Celeste. I know she's a fantastic candidate and individual and now congresswoman. How did that start okay. as far as having conversations about? Yeah. Well, that happened that? so, so fast. So Celeste was our general counsel. So she came on uh, to work for Congressman Stewart about, well, just less than five years ago. And, uh, you know, the congressman had, you know, he was on these really important committees. He was on appropriations and and the intel committee. Uh, and he, he needed a general counsel in his office. And Celeste had an, a wonderful reputation in the state of Utah. She has this amazing legal background uh, with natural resources in particular. And so, and she just, she just had a great, great reputation. So he called her and that's, you know, a funny story that I think she has actually told she, on this she did talk about you know, that. podcast where she, she originally turned him down and said, yeah, I think I'm good where I'm at. And then, you know, she had a, she had a, a dean at, 
BYU Law where she was teaching a class and maybe it wasn't. I think that's what it was. Anyway, somebody said to her, are you kidding? Really? <laughs> These you need opportunities to do this? don't just come around every day. You you need to call him back. So oh, eventually she she did take the job. So she was uh, our legal counsel and worked on all of our natural resources issues. So when Congressman Stewart announced he was going to resign, she actually made a very quick decision. And it was not something she had thought about it previously. Right. That's what she said. She was, yeah. This was not one of her goals yeah. in life. And this is one of the great things about Celeste is she can make a quick decision and then just go with it. She doesn't, you know, overanalyze. It's just she makes a decision and then she moves forward and does everything she can do to, you know, have it work out. That's and fantastic. I love that about her. So she called me right away. I mean, it was within a few days of of Chris Stewart announcing he was going to leave Congress. And she called me and she goes, and she never beats around the bush. This is another thing about really? that's She's great very about direct. her. Okay. She, she, she just called me. She, she just goes, hey, will you run my campaign? I'm going to run for Congress. And I said, oh, let me just wrap my head around that and think about that for, a, you know, a few hours. Uh-huh. And I called her the next day and said, I'll do it. I'll really? do it. And she was a great, she is just, like I said, such a well-prepared candidate. Uh, so, yeah, so we ran, we ran a campaign for, and it was a quick campaign because, you know, we, right. we had to, we had, had to move quickly, yeah, move really fast and went to convention and she had actually, um, there were some other people kind of helping her at convention, uh, a, a general consulting firm, and that was an exciting day. Were you at convention? I was at convention, you, yes. yes. That was a really exciting it day. It so, was super and, exciting. She was outstanding. Yeah. She, yeah, she was, she was great. So we, so we didn't, you know, we didn't know how that day was going to go. Mm-hmm. When you have an open seat like that, a lot of great people jump in. And this is this is one thing I will say in Utah. We have such amazing people run for office. Oh, it's true. And it's I don't, you know, I only have Utah experience to to go from, but I I don't know that it's like that in every other state. I mean, Utah just we just have amazing people that run. And sometimes you know, sometimes you're running against other people that you love. Right. Your friends. And yeah, work with your and, friends. Yes, and, it's so true. And it's, you know, and, but it's just you don't want to deny someone when someone wants to run for office. Right. It's you don't want to deny them that, that opportunity if they feel like it's the right time for them. So anyway, there were some great candidates. There were. So the I, I was in the room. I was in charge of sequestering or sequestering. Is that even a word? Yes. <laughs> I was in charge of babysitting yeah. the first group because they did they did the debate or the presentations in two different two different groups. And so I got to be there and it was it was wonderful. Everyone knew each other and but it was very stressful and there was a lot of um a lot of energy in the air. Let's, let's put it that way. But it was neat because Utah is really awesome. People are very friendly and they're kind to each other and there's competition, but it's not vindictive and it wasn't um it wasn't mean spirited. No, it was a great experience. Yeah, so. it was it was wonderful. And anyway, I just I left that day obviously on cloud nine, and then and then we had to, you know, figure out how we were going to run the rest of our campaign with a smaller a smaller pool of candidates. And my strategy was to get her in front of 
as many people as I possibly could get her in front of. And that's hard. And I'll tell you what, there are not that many people that could keep up the rigorous schedule that she kept between, you know, convention and election day. I mean, she never, I don't know that she ever had a day off Sundays, but other than that, I mean, she was working. We were, we were scheduling her from, you know, sometimes 7.30 in the morning till sometimes 10 o'clock at night. I mean, it, it was, was just, um, it was just incredible. And she did it. She just she just kept going and going and going and going. That's honestly, I, I admire so many things about Celeste now that I've had the opportunity to get to know her better. But really, she was everywhere. I mean, she was in southern Utah and then she was in Kaysville at the Republican uh, Davis County Republican barbecue on the same day. I mean, she was yeah. all over the place and I don't know how she kept up her schedule, but very energetic, very yes. positive. Yeah. And she's a hard worker. Yeah. And she's fun. And she's funny. And if you spend any time with her at all, you know, you you end up laughing. And it's one of the things that people love about her. And one of the things that I loved as a manager was that I loved that she was so recognizable. You know, she has True. this beautiful curly hair. Yes. And people remember that because it's just something a little bit unique. Mm -hmm. and, and she has this really wonderful, warm sense of humor. So uh, I loved I loved that because usually, you know, when I would say to people, you know, if they didn't, if the name wasn't quite ringing a bell, I'd say, yeah, she has, you know, the curly hair and oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they'd send <laughs> pictures fantastic. and that was that was kind of fun for that, me. That is really fun, isn't it? The, yeah. the things that make us unique do make us extra special, Yeah, especially in circles like that where yeah. maybe people kind of look the same or tend to be the same. Yes. As you were deciding whether or not to be her campaign manager, what were some of the thoughts in your head in terms of is, you know, I don't know, in making your decision? Well, that was a big commitment, and it was a big, huge time commitment. Yes, um, you know, I, I, you know, I just I wanted to feel really good about it, and I got to that point where I just had a great, I had a great feeling about doing it. Really, and you know, I just I like to help people that I feel like are good and honest and in it for the right reasons, and. Uh, and I did think she could win. I just, I thought, I think she can do this. Really? She's a hard worker. She has, you know, she, and she she had quit her job in D.C., obviously, mm -hmm. because you can't, you can't be running and, you know, working for Congress at the same time. So she didn't have a lot of other things that were taking a great deal of her time. So I just, I just thought, I know, know she's a hard worker. So, yeah, I... Hundred percent. I just wanted to. I just wanted to help her. And I, again, I didn't. I knew she could do it. I knew it was not, you know, inevitable. I knew that there was a because you have to kind of think about that, right? When you're running right. a campaign, you have to think, what, you know, am I okay? Am I going to be okay if we don't, if we don't win? Ooh, ultimately, that's a hard question. You know, am I going to be yourself? okay? Uh -huh. And I think as a candidate, you have to, you know, you have right. to kind of go to that place for just a minute. You don't want to, you never want to dwell on it. You always want to, um, you know, have confidence and faith that you're going to, that you're going to win. Right. For sure. But you also have to know you're going to be okay if, if things don't work out the exact way you want them to. And I, I, you know, I was, I was okay with that, but I did think she had a path to victory. So. 
You know, as an outsider watching in and and watching the race, I, I mean, I heard these big names. Wonderful people who were a little bit more well-known in terms yeah. of just Joe Public, me being a, a member of the public, just recognizing people versus not knowing Celeste very well. But what really impressed me and what really swung me around were all of the supporters that she had, people who worked with her, people who worked for other congressional uh, staffs, and and people that I really trust in terms of, okay, if you think this person is is really fantastic, then I then I do too. And so I think that that really helped her in terms of internal credibility, and then just the fact that she worked so hard. And as her campaign manager, I guess I, if I was going to run somebody's campaign, I would want to make sure, yes, are they going to do what I asked them to do? Or are they going to come up with their own ideas? Do they have the ambition and the ability to follow through with things? And she had all of those things, obviously. And so as a campaign manager, in terms of strategy, what did you guys do? Did you just kind of sit together and say, okay, we're going to, like the debates that she planned? Yes. Fantastic. So I, yes. So the the debates, um, I wish I could take credit for that idea. That was not my idea. That was someone else on the campaign team that said, well, you know, let's debate in all in all 13 counties. And as someone who's planned debates before, I was I actually was a little uh, nervous, not about debating, but I was nervous about uh, the logistics because debates take just a great deal of effort to plan. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you've got to come up with a venue. You have to have, uh, you know, people that are moderating that are going to be non-biased. There's got to be questions that, you know, you have to, and the format has to be agreed upon with all of the people that are participating in the other campaigns. And there's just a lot of, you know, logistics that go into a debate. Um, but she was willing to do it. She wanted to do it. And I did, one of the things I did love is it went back to this, I want to get her in front of as many people as Absolutely. possible. And so it was another way to get in. We had already, we had already been to almost all of the counties. I think we were in every county about three times. Really? Which, I mean, I mean, you talk, she really was a road warrior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it, the debates, I was so pleased with how well attended they, they were. Almost every single debate. There were a couple of, of the smaller counties that, you know, it was hard and we didn't have maybe as many people as we wanted. But most of the counties, I was shocked with how many, I mean, when we did Davis County here in Davis County, mm -hmm. I mean, we couldn't fit everybody into the room. It was, I mean, we had standing room only. Fantastic. Um, same thing down in Washington County. It was just, they were very well attended. People were so engaged. And it just gives you this amazing hope for people that they just want to come. They want they to learn come. and want yeah. to, right. And they wanted to make this right, the right decision. And so they wanted to really be informed. And that was a great experience to do that, to just go to all these counties and, you know, meet, meet the leaders of the counties. So, um, I just thought yeah. it showed such le leadership and, and just such a willingness to to be in front of people and to to be asked questions. You know, sometimes as a candidate, because I've been a candidate, not at that level for sure, but it's it's sort of intimidating thinking that you're going to walk into a room and people might have questions that are maybe meant to distract you or to um, to put you in a tough spot. Yeah. But it takes a lot of courage to do yeah. that, and it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, and one of the strategies that was all her was she just said, I'm going to run a campaign on policy. I'm not going to go negative. I'm not going to, you know, throw jobs at the other candidates. Mm -hmm. They've 
they have all done amazing things in, you know, in their own lives and their own, you know, political careers. And she she never did. I mean, she mm-hmm. stuck to that. She and she, and this was one of the things that Celeste, uh, you know, that was so great about her is she knows policy so well. Exactly. That she was able to really stick on policy. She never really had. She never had to go negative. She didn't want to. She didn't have to. She could talk policy. And she stuck by that. And that was that was all that was all her. So, you know, and then, uh, you know, going back to strategy, you know, she really wanted to engage um, rural Utah. And, and that's they came through for her. They came through. And, you know, she just she wanted them to feel like they had skin in this game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she paid you know, a lot of attention to both the rural and the urban. I mean, and like Davis County came through for her. too. So I mean, when I when I would say, you know, you know, there's an an important meeting in, you know, wherever Iron County. But then, you know, you've got to come up and have a meeting in Salt Lake County. And it's on the same day. You know, she would just she would just do it. I mean, she drove that road. (laughs) She's incredible. (laughs) That's like hundreds of times. (laughs) Those are long drives, too, yeah. long stretches of road. Yeah. Well, Celeste is fantastic. And Rhonda, I, I give much of the credit for her successful campaign to you, as as we should. Because honestly, to have a campaign manager like you that is at the helm, making really great decisions and being right there hand in hand, gives you so much confidence. So when I first ran my first city council race, you know, it's Kaysville and we're a little community, but I wanted to know that I wasn't in it by myself. And so I did have a campaign manager and, you know, some people kind of laughed at that and thought, oh, my gosh, overkill. But no, it was so nice to have somebody that that had done this before that I could call and kind of be my therapist and talk me off the cliff and, you know, just just to give me some insights as far as, okay, this is normal. This is how it works. It just gave me such confidence. So I bet Celeste is so grateful. Well, that's so kind of you and so nice. And I, you know, I give... Most of the credit to her. We also had a general consultant that was amazing. And I, I mean, I had an amazing team, really. We had an amazing campaign team, but you're right. Like I did kind of settle into um, just wanting, I wanted her to always know that she could, you know, call me, come to me and, you know, ask my advice. And sometimes, you know, like sometimes we didn't always agree on every single, you know, issue. And I always wanted her to be able to have the last word. She's the candidate. You always do that as a campaign manager. You know, you can advise. And um, but I did I did love that I did feel like she felt like she could trust me, call me. And yeah, you are kind of Part part therapist, <laughs> right. part driver, part, you know, body person. <laughs> right, exactly. Just, so, yeah, you kind of yeah. wear a lot of hats as a campaign manager, but. You really do. Well, you. you've done such a fantastic job. Are you open to managing other campaigns? We're coming into an election season. Yes, yes. I, well, I, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a loaded question. I, I know. Um, I do think I have another one. I do think I'm going to, um. Yes, I do think I'm going to continue to manage some campaigns in the future. Uh, It's not all I want to do, though. So I, you know, I'm kind of looking at my next steps because, you know, I my my real job was working for Chris Stewart for so long. And so I'm not really right now. I'm kind of. Uh, I'm unemployed right now. Are you okay? <laughs> so, but I I've looking at your to, options. Yes, I'm looking at my options, okay. and I do think I'm going to probably be, um, anyway, doing something 
definitely in the political world, maybe oh, doing some consulting. And I'm talking to a few people about about that. And I do I do think I'm going to uh, ha- be having some campaigns in my future. Really? So we'll see. That sounds exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Really. As, especially. So let's talk future, I guess, as far as political campaigns. A lot of exciting things happening next year. It's such and you're a big in year. the know, and I'm on the outside, just saying, "Okay, what's go- what's going on?" So, what what's happening? Well, I mean, you know, because you kind of run around in political circles. We all love to talk and talk about we who, who we we've do. talked to and who has said what, and you know, I'm all these fun rumors. Are yes, flying. lots of rumors, but it is going to be a big year, and I, you know, I, when you have a presidential election, everybody's interest is heightened. And so that only happens every four years. Right. And then, you know, when you've got some other big races on top of it, and, you know, Celeste is going to have to run again next year. I know. That's what's incredible. We've got to turn around and... You've got to do it again. Yeah, we've got to turn around and do it again. And we don't have, um, you know, as far as as that campaign goes, um, not everything is set in place yet. But we're, like, come January, you know, she's going to have to run again for Mm -hmm. convention. But it is going to be a great great year, and we, you know, who knows what's going to happen with... Congressman Curtis, um, you know, we've that's all true. heard the rumors that he's going right. to run for Senate, that and then that's going to open up that congressional seat. So it is, you know, it is going to be a fun, fun it's, year to watch. It's so fun to, to talk about. It's fun it is. when I get a text and they say, oh, guess what? All of it's rumors, of course, so far. But it's fun to just sort of speculate and to imagine yeah. what might happen. And the governor's race. And the governor's next race. next year, that's going to be yeah. a big one to watch as well. Yeah. So, gosh, it'll be fun. I'm excited. I don't have to run until 2025. Okay. So I'm going to take this next year yeah. and just enjoy watching and learning from everybody else. And Yeah. You going to run again? I, I hope to. Yes. I plan to run yeah. again. I'd like to do two terms as mayor. Yeah. For the the biggest reason being just that it takes so long to get anything done. Have you learned a lot? <laughs> I've learned a lot. It's been really fun. But yeah. we have some really wonderful things in the works, and I'd love to see them finished. Yeah. You know, just know. To maybe do another get Trader term. Joe's here. We've got to get Trader <laughs> Joe's. Thanks for bringing that up. Oh, I get asked every week, every day about Trader Joe's. We have nothing official to, to report, but we're still working on that campaign and hoping. Well, you need to go get in front of those Trader Joe's execs. I do, right? You gotta go get in front of them, Tammy. To just go make a trip out to LA and just show up and say, "I'm gonna sit here until someone talks yes, to me." Yes, yes. And you could do it, and they would listen to you. I'm, I'm actually, my husband and I, we're going to California after Christmas, and I said, maybe let's just take a detour and hit Los Angeles and just see if we can catch somebody. You know, I am so, a big fan of getting in front of people personally. It does make a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. But you know, because. You know, when people can talk to you and feel your sincerity and, you know, know that you're n- not crazy. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. It does make a difference. It, it does. And the genuineness. And that's what I loved about Celeste. You guys had so many cottage meetings and, and just town halls and opportunities to really get some face time with her. Yeah. And the yeah. more I'm around her, the more I really enjoy her yeah. and just have so much respect because it is that face time, getting to know someone's personality and yeah. getting a feel for really who they are. Yeah. Opposed to what we think they might be. So, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna make that oh, a goal. We'll have to yeah, go to make Trader the call. Jones. Just go. Yes, go, go, go. for sure. Yeah, so, uh, well, so one more comment about next year. And I, you know, we, I've kind of talked about this. But, yeah, there's going to be some great candidates on the ballot. Yes. And uh, I, you know, I've told people this before. I have a friend that lives uh, in Chicago. <laughs> and we talk politics sometimes. And. You know, 
she just laughs at me because I'll be like, well, this person's on the ballot, you know, it, and this person and this person. And, you know, I've got to make this choice between right. a good candidate, you know, and a great candidate and a really great candidate, you know, but they're all good. Like, I would love in, any of them. And, you know, she, you know, sometimes will be like, well, you know, oh. I've got to vote in this race where I've got like a bad candidate, a, <laughs> and worse, a worse candidate, one. and like fully corrupt. Oh, so, really? <laughs> you know, oh. so it's, you know, we are special in Utah and good people, good people want to step up and serve. And this is one thing that I have learned working in politics is that there are good people and there are great people in Congress. And you hear about the bad apples. True. We do. Because that's what's fun for reporters to report on. And, and we like a train wreck, so. Yes, right. and you hear about the infighting. But I'll tell you, um, we had Congressman Stewart every year would have this security summit, and he would always bring in colleagues from the House and some from the Senate, too, sometimes. And I met just some of the greatest, greatest people over the years. And some of them, the will never vote the way I do. You know, I met some amazing Democrats that he brought in. And obviously, I have worked on Republican campaigns and, uh, you know, consider, you know, I am a Republican and and conservative, but I just met all of these great people on both sides of the aisle that really I felt like were there for the right reasons. And that is what was the surprising thing to me. Is true. Yes, there are train wrecks that happen. And, you know, we've got problems. The world has problems. But when you go back and read through history, you know, we've we've survived. We've survived the problems. And sometimes you have to go, you know, you just have to go through hell to get through them. And we've had world wars and right, that's true. Vietnam and, you know, all kinds of things. But we've gotten through it. And uh, one of the things I told Celeste um you know, a couple months ago when we had this huge thing with the speaker and Kevin McCarthy getting, you know, voted out, you know, and they went through like different people. Right. Right. And, they did. But I, I said the thing in the end was that there was a process and the process did eventually work itself out. And now we have a speaker and, you know, things are running well. And I was able to go and see her get sworn in. A did couple you go of weeks with ago, that? Oh, I went that's to so neat. And I will tell you, that was one of the highlights of my life. Oh, Rhonda, that's so and, neat. And, you know, and I didn't, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't know if I was going to even go. I kind of wanted to go, but, you know, I don't know. I just thought, oh, plane tickets are expensive, hotels are expensive. But in the end, I was like, no, I have to go. I managed this campaign. Absolutely. And the thing that was so cool was you typically don't have an opportunity to watch a member of Congress get sworn in because... They have hundreds getting sworn in at the same time, generally. And so you get like, you know, a congressman will get like two tickets. And so, you know, he'll pick two family members. Mm -hmm. But because this was a special election, they just said, you can invite whoever you want. The whole, you know, whole And there were a lot of people. Be open. I was so jealous when I looked at those pictures. We I thought, had, oh, I wish I would have gone. 200. She had so 200 neat. friends and family there. It was amazing. And was I incredible. think that. I think that the members of Congress that were on the House floor that night were pretty amazed. I bet. Because, you know, they, they brought her in. John Curtis gave this really great little speech to introduce her. And, you know, we all hooped and hollered and, you know, clapped. Right. And we were standing up and giving her, you know, giving a standing ovation. And, you know, so the members neat. of Congress just turned around and looked at us. It was just like they were so amazed 
that that many people had come to support her. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. And a testament to Utah. Yeah. You know how cool that that she's from Utah and that we're so proud of her. Well, I know she didn't get there by herself. I know she worked hard, but it takes a team and it takes people who believe in you. So she's lucky to have you. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was it was really fun. Well, Rhonda, thank you so much. It's been so fun 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 talking to you. And Tammy, everybody just loves you. And it's been fun for me to get to know you over the years as I've worked for uh, Congressional District 2. Um, I know that Kaysville is just outside of District 2. We used to have one precinct, but when they changed. Well, we're close enough that I consider myself. I went to as many town halls as I could for Celeste because I just think she's fantastic. So, Well, we think the same of you. So thanks for the opportunity. Well, thank you. To all my podcast listeners, thank you for listening. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Please leave comments and please leave suggestions for future guests. And most importantly, subscribe. Thank you.